Hello, fellow listeners. You are tuned in for the delusional rantings of a PhD student. Now, someone commented, sent me a note that my voice was a little monotone. I apologize for that. I will try to make it a little bit more exciting so that you tune in for this. To all my fellow listeners out there in Nigeria, the UK, the US, and Kuwait, thank you very much for tuning in and sending me some messages of things that I could do better to make this podcast more saucy for you. Now, I try as much as I can not to have some some of that monotone voice that I keep hearing in podcasts. But I guess with practice, I'll get a little bit better. Actually, I hope to get a lot better. I love to excel at the things that I do. Hence why I'm getting a PhD in my, in my field. Now, dear listeners, I promised that I would be talking about um, these types of policies that we could do to make things better. Now, for one, it's the concern about people not being able to pay their rent. Now, what are some of the things that we can do or the government could do? or the government has the power to do. One is freezing rents. Two is freezing mortgages because most of these rents that are happening are to enable people to pay their mortgages at incredibly overpriced rents. Some of these people shouldn't even be doing this much in terms of renting. Like some mortgages are what $900 and people do rents for like $2,000 abusive that's what it is that is abusive anyhow but to keep the landlords happy I think that the government could step in to freeze the mortgages now when we freeze the mortgages we make landlords happy which means that renters can also have their rents freezed Now, the other thing that we can do is because if people don't have income, I mean, sometimes people rely on the everyday hustle to get income in order to get the things that they need. A lot of people who won't be able to have this income are most likely going to use credit cards. Now, what can we do? Maybe freeze or lower the interest rate or do something that will give people a little bit more confidence that they are not going to be exploiting their bodies after this pandemic is over as a way to pay back the debt that they have accrued because the economic position that they're in was really shitty to begin with. So maybe we can lower the amount of credit that's due, lower the amount of interest that's due, do ways to minimize um, the burden that we place on people every single day. Um, Another thing that we can do is perhaps think about the utilities. If we are spending more time in self-isolation as a way not to spread this virus in the population we are going to be spending a lot of times indoors and the peak rates for electricity and hydro are very high so perhaps these companies can lower the percentage that is due or maybe freeze the utilities as a whole i mean they already charge a lot money for things that are public goods right 
for things that we as a society have allowed these companies to charge in the first place. So this is more than a public service. This is a responsibility on these companies to provide this essential need to clients that are staying at home as a way not to spread the virus. Um, other things that we can do is if you are a neighbor to an elderly person or somebody that's immunocompromised, I've already spoken about this in my previous episodes, help them out, but do so in a way that will not spread anything to these people. Make sure that they have the essentials. Make sure that if you have food to spare, decontaminate it, put it in a little bag, let it sit outside for a bit so that if anything is still left over in those containers, it is not going to pass to these people, right? My mom always said that where three people eat, four or five can eat. We just need to add a little bit more water to the soup and then we can all get through the day. So this is about finding ways to ration your food also to spread out the food that you're rationing so that everybody can be fed if you don't have enough food. Um, so these are just some of the things that we can do. Now in terms of for future policies, one would be to understand that this virus has confronted us with a big problem and that is the insufficient structure of our healthcare system. So in the future, we might want to pay attention to how triage in the emergency hospital, in the emergency room of the hospital works, how many beds we can use to accommodate people, um, whether or not we have sufficient stock of essential things such as gloves, masks, whether or not we want to um, put money into a domestic per a domestic firm to develop these things too. I mean, the other day I had a mask, the N99 canceled on my Amazon because the seller said that Chinese government didn't want them shipping these items out. And I remember when we were wondering whether the Chinese had enough of these masks. They do. They are just not the sellers are just not allowed to kind of use them. I have no idea what is going on in China. A lot of weird things are happening. But if we can have a domestic supply of gloves, of face masks, of essential things that will allow us to get through a pandemic, this is important to consider. Putting in money nationally on having a reservoir of essential medical items to be distributed another is a system in place that informs all of the medical students all of the healthcare professionals in retirement all of the potential nurses that there is a need for their assistance i saw in the government website a we need nurses or for covid19 and i'm thinking Shouldn't that, be, shouldn't that have been put in there like a long time ago? They put that out there when this thing started to kind of fire up after Sophie was found positive. Um, so maybe thinking about these things way ahead of time 
when you find out that there is something emanating from one of the largest and mostly populated countries in the world whose travelers go everywhere. I mean, legit, you can find a little Chinese village in Venezuela, right? So when we know that there are things coming from a country with such a big population that is spread all over the world, start thinking maybe a month ahead or two months ahead, hmm, what should our government do to prevent this pandemic? Oh, here are the steps, fucking block traffic coming in. That's number one. So these are some of the things. And before I continue ranting and cursing, I'm just going to cut myself off right now. In the next episode, we are going to talk about why Trump is calling it the Chinese virus, at least from a political perspective. Well, at least from my political perspective, some of my colleagues might disagree if they want to be culturally sensitive. I'm not trying to be racist by calling it the Chinese virus. I'm just simply saying that it is called the Chinese virus because it comes from China. The first known case came from China. So what other way to call it? We can't call it the Paris virus because it didn't come from Paris. You know, unless it's an entirely different strand of the COVID-19, then it's entire, that's, then that's different. But truth be known, it did come from China and the first cases came from China. So what other way to call it than the Chinese virus? You know, we call it the Spanish flu, so why not the Chinese virus? Anyways, tune in for my next episode and I apologize if my ranting has offended you. Thank you to all my listeners from all over the world. Well, from five countries so far. Um, and thank you for your input. Out.